Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to Movember Radio. I'm Oshie Ginsberg. Thanks for being here. This is a weekly conversation that focuses on men's health and the issues that men face. Today, with over 5 million people in the Movember community each week, we have a conversation with one of the men and women from that community who is passionate about changing the face of men's health. You can subscribe in your favorite podcasting app, find us on SoundCloud, and of course, search Movember Radio on Facebook. Today, my guest is Josh Bahari. Josh is based in Vancouver at the University of British Columbia in Canada, where he is a project coordinator who works for a website called Heads Up Guys, a new website targeting men's depression funded by the Movember Foundation. Five years ago, Josh found that his mood was going up and down and didn't recognize his symptoms at the time. Eventually, he ended up going to his family doctor and told her what was going on and got some initial treatment. Josh, at one point, was feeling suicidal and not safe by himself. Things got worse, and he then made a plan to take his own life by jumping off a bridge. Fortunately, Josh survived his fall, and while recovering in hospital, things turned around for him. He started treatment, including cognitive behavioural therapy, and seeing a psychiatrist regularly for long-term care. Since recovering from his experiences, Josh has become a passionate advocate for mental health. You can check out his work, at headsupguys.ca. I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Josh Bahari. How are you, Josh? Yeah, I'm doing well. Yeah. Cool. Where do we find you today? I'm in Vancouver, um, in my office at beautiful UBC campus. All right. So what do you do there on the University of BC campus? Well, right now I'm working for a project called uh, Heads Up Guys. Uh-huh. So it's a November-funded project to make a website for men's depression. Mm-hmm. And we just launched the website about a month and a half ago. All right. So right now I'm into, uh, into promotions mode. So, so it's, a fairly, it's, a, it's a fairly new project. And um, uh, so you're in, in launch mode. So it must have taken a while to get that site up. But uh, can you tell me a little bit about what Heads Up Guys is? Sure. So Heads Up Guys is a, a website to help men fight depression. In Australia, you guys have quite a few resources for men's health and men's mental health, but in Canada, we don't have that much, so we're, we're playing catch-up. But uh, yeah, so the website focuses on giving lots of really practical advice, practical tips that guys can use, and also just tries to sort of dispel all the stigma that goes around with, uh, with mental health. And also, 
particular with men seeking help for mental health and not wanting to look weak or not wanting to, uh, yeah, even look like they need help. Yeah, which is a uh, which is a big problem. Which is why we're doing this show. Now, Josh, if it's okay, I know that you talk uh, in publicly about what happened to you, your experience. Is is it okay if you share as much or as little about it uh, as you like? Yeah, I find talking about stuff today. Yeah. If it's okay with you, Josh, I know that you've got a yeah. very personal connection to this. And if it's okay with you, could you, you know, describe if it's all right, what happened with you? Sure. Yeah. I'm happy to, like I have my own personal experience with depression, which is why I'm involved in the project and why I was interested in it. I also have, like I have a uh, bachelor's of science majoring in computer science. So this job working on a website that also combined my uh, interest in mental health was pretty much like a perfect fit for me. But yeah, so about like five years ago, I was doing a co-op term, so a work term for school. I noticed I started to get, my mood was going up and down, and I was getting more stressed out, and I didn't really know what was going on. A lot of it, actually, when I reflect back, ties into the work we're doing now, where I had, like, some symptoms where I was, like, irritable, and I was, like, frustrated with things, but I didn't really recognize those as being potentially part of depression. So one of the things we talked about on the website is, like, some of the early onset symptoms for men actually are things about, like, like headaches or back pain or yeah just being irritable being grumpy things like that that you don't normally associate with it so some of that was going on and some of it was like my mood was like pretty low but i just didn't really know yeah what was happening i remember even at the time recognizing like some of the symptoms i was like whoa i'm becoming like pretty moody here (laughs) what's going on but i didn't realize that there was something like deeper behind it so then when i went back to school in the fall uh yeah my mood just kept on getting lower and i didn't want to I don't know, typical guy stuff. I didn't want to ask for help. Didn't want to like admit that something might be going on. And then I also just wanted to figure things out on my own. I didn't realize enough about depression to know like, okay, this is serious. I need to do something before it gets worse. I just thought like, okay, this is as bad as it's going to get. How can I get better from here? But as time went on, things just got worse. And it wasn't until like the more physical symptoms that people don't even necessarily associate with depression took over that I like reached out for help. So it was after about like a week where I only like slept like one or two hours each night. And then there was a night where I didn't sleep at all that I was like, okay, this is something more serious. I have to deal with it. Yeah. So I went and saw my family doctor, told her what was going on, ended up filling out a depression screening test, uh, which is like, we have a modified version that's like, uh, takes into account like men's symptoms on our website on the self check. So I did a version of that, and I just remember taking off almost every single box that was there. Uh, and I handed it back to her, and she's like, do you actually feel like this? And I was like, yeah. And she's like, okay, we need to do something about this. So it was pretty clear by that point that I was dealing with depression. Uh, I waited like way too long. I didn't know enough about it. Didn't reach out early enough. So I started doing a bit of everything, actually. I started doing, uh, taking some antidepressants. I started doing talk therapy. I started doing all the sort of practical tips um, that we have on our website, too. It's like getting better sleep, fixing your diet, making sure you're getting enough exercise. There's a bunch of just like simple stuff that makes you healthy in general that can really be useful in fighting depression. So I started on all that. I started seeing um, our, a talk therapist at Elevation Clinic. So I was a resident psychiatrist just for weekly meetings. And we started going through things and I was looking at just like how negative all my thoughts were. I didn't even really realize it because it happened so slowly that it was just like, that was just how I was thinking at the time. And I just didn't even realize like how bad it was until I started to look and people started to point out like, are you thinking like this all the time? And I was like, yeah. And then you realize like, holy shit, this is like a problem that's taken over my life. Um, yeah, so things were started getting a little bit better, but it was kind of up and down. And then I went one time to the, to the hospital because I was feeling like really suicidal. 
I didn't know like what to do. I didn't really feel safe with myself. So yeah, I went into Emerge and presented there and we met with the like emergency room doctor and then met with a psychiatric nurse and we kind of discussed like how I was feeling, what was going on. And at the end we decided that's probably better just for me to stay home and try to avoid like going to the hospital if I had to, uh, which was good. But the problem was that like I left kind of with a feeling that, okay, a hospital is definitely not a place I want to go. And there's a lot of stigma associated to going to a hospital. But at the time I was just like, okay, I don't want to be back in this position again. Like I don't want to go to, I don't want to have to have been admitted which is like a whole other issue. Like if you have to be admitted for mental illness, it's a completely legitimate reason. Like you go to get surgery at a hospital for any other illness. It's not that much different than that. Uh, yeah. So then I went back home and then a few weeks later, my mood dropped even lower and I like just talked to myself, convinced myself to sleep on things for another night. But I woke up in the morning and I felt, believe it or not worse, which I didn't even know was possible. So, uh, and that's when I ended up making uh, a plan to end my life. So basically, as that day went on, I just, uh, yeah, sort of shut down, went to my own like little world. And then I planned on um, well jumping off a bridge in Vancouver here. So, yeah, as the day went on, things just got worse and worse. And eventually, basically, that's like exactly what ended up happening. Um, like the story's kind of complicated for what actually happened. But like I text my brother beforehand because um, he didn't he didn't get good cell reception at the time this was five years ago so i wasn't expecting him to get the message until like way later but luckily he got the message right away and he started racing into action to get help i survived my fall and then i woke up in the water and i just swam to this little platform that was nearby and that's where i was just sitting down like i don't know yelling for help essentially and then eventually I could hear sirens coming and then uh, emergency crew came on boat and picked me up and then I went to the hospital. Um, yeah. And then I blacked out. So I don't remember like the evening there, but the next day when I woke up, yeah, I had broken uh, six ribs and I had uh, hairline fractures and five of my vertebrae, uh, no spinal cord damage. So I was incredibly lucky to be alive and then also to not have like issues with that as well. Yeah, but in the hospital, things kind of turned around for me. I just, um, I don't know, for the first time in months, I felt like a huge sense of relief to actually, like, just to be alive and to see my family again. And I felt happy. And I remember that, like, that wasn't an emotion that I even felt for months. And I didn't even know I was still capable of feeling, like, happiness. So that was kind of, well, it was, like, a major turning point in my recovery. Because from then on, people have been saying, like, oh, you can get better. Just keep working at it. But I didn't really believe them. But once I like actually felt myself feeling better, even if it didn't last like super long, but like for a couple hours, then I knew like, okay, I can do this. I can actually get better. I'm physically, mentally capable of recovering. So started back on my treatment. Um, restarted seeing people at the outpatient clinic. I started doing uh, CBT, which is cognitive behavioral therapy class. So you look at a lot of like negative thinking patterns and setting small goals to get you started yeah so one example is just like to get exercise i was i don't know just so tired all the time that I basically like the most i could do was go for a walk around the block with like my parents basically like dragging me around the block to go which is not not super fun but it's a good way to start you gotta get started somewhere so yeah and then i stayed in the hospital for just under about a week 
like in the regular hospital ward while my injuries were recovering. And then over that summer, I, yeah, just started, like my back was still a mess at that point, uh, even though I didn't have any like spinal cord damage, but it was just incredibly stiff and I was on pain meds for a while and just slowly building up strength, uh, walking again. And then eventually four months later was when I could like jog without pain in my back. Yeah. And then I yeah started seeing a psychiatrist on a longer term basis. Uh, there's always huge wait lists for psychiatrists, but I finally got in to see one and that was a huge turning point. Cause then I could see like someone regularly for like long-term care. I started going to a support group on campus actually here at UBC which is weird because I'm working on campus now and I'm working in the same building where the support group was the first time I went like four years ago. It's actually like, it's down the hall. So it's kind of weird. So I've come full circle. So I started going to that support group and it was great just to be able to see like other people dealing with uh, similar issues, but also support groups can be kind of hit or miss, but that was a really, a really like tight group. And there's a lot of people who are doing well and had a lot of good experience it was eye-opening for me to see, like, okay, other people are dealing with this. They're doing the same things. Some people are dealing with other health issues, and just to see, like, we're all kind of, like, in this together and helping to support each other. Yeah, and that was how I got involved on campus, actually, because I started volunteering with them. There was, I don't know, a bunch of sort of, I don't know, different groups on campus for mental health promotion and things like that going on, but they were very, like, connected, and all the groups didn't even know each other because they had just sort of started the last couple of years then. So I started forming a mental health network. So that's what I did on campus with a few other guys, some of them from that support group too. So we started forming this group. Um, and basically we held like monthly meetings where we brought all the groups that were invested like in mental health. So we were able to get like students from psychology courses that had their own like association involved and we were able to get um, like the UBC Yoga Club involved, which is really good because they had a really big reach too. Uh, and like a mental health awareness club, uh, the support group, same. So we were able to bring them all to the table and then just sort of go over what was going on like each month and making sure everybody in all the groups like knew about what events were going on. So then, yeah, so that's how I got involved in volunteering on campus. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. And then 
started working on campus too, actually. You've obviously put a lot of effort into, into your ongoing treatment and your ongoing maintenance. How do you feel now? Uh, like a million times better. Like I would never have believed I could actually recover when I was, uh, yeah, when I was really depressed. And like there's still days where I'm like not at my best, but like it's still, whenever I do like an interview like this or I have to talk about what was going on, it seems like so surreal to think back. Like and it was like five years ago, which is a long time, but it's not, it's not a long time really. And to see how far I've come, it's pretty amazing. We hear the word depression used a lot. It's more than just feeling sad about something, isn't it? How does it, and, and it also affects men differently than women, doesn't it? Yeah, so one of the things we found is like the early symptoms for of depression for men don't usually follow, or they can also include other things than sadness. Uh, so things like being irritable, being grumpy, like headaches, physical pain. They stop caring about themselves, so they're just doing, I don't know, participating in, like, in unsafe sex or doing drinking and driving, things like that. So you don't normally associate those things with depression, but it could be a sign that you're not valuing yourself. You're not looking after your own health, essentially. So those are some of the things that can affect men, and especially early on. But once you get more into like severe depression, then the symptoms between men and women are pretty much the same. It's interesting how you describe the, the negative thoughts. And in, in my experience with depression, it was... It was, and I, I only came to it through when I was, uh, I actually was meditating and I, I saw a separation between the information that was coming in, it's a blue sky day, there's wind whistling through the trees, that kid's having a fun time in the park, and it went through this filter of doom before it got to my brain and what I made all those things mean was like cataclysmic. Like, does that sound familiar to you? Yeah, I had the same sort of thing when I started doing... Uh that cognitive behavioral therapy and you're looking at all these negative thought patterns and there's like overgeneralization, like all or nothing thinking, like pessimism and all that sort of stuff. And just looking at, okay, my thoughts fit like 10 of these 10 things, you know, and I need to figure this out. Oh, I've checked that list. So, <laughs> huh? I've checked that list. Trust me. Yeah. yeah. Just seeing it laid out like that made it like so much more obvious to me. And that you're not alone. I think that was the other thing that when I found there were just books upon books about this stuff and I read, the first time I read those cognitive distortions you're talking about, I was like, oh, all right, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Once you start actually looking at it and you realize, well, even like reaching out with the website too. Like I've shared my story a bunch of times, so a lot of people I know like have already talked to me about it or expressed their like thanks for me sharing. But once the website launched about a month ago, like I still had like a whole other round of people that I knew mm-hmm. come up and thank, thank us for doing this project. It's just opening up the conversation and allowing it to happen. Exactly. What are some things that guys can do to check themselves, like a little like a go-no-go checklist before you're launching the shuttle? You know, what are some things you can check yourself for each day? Well, you can look at like your mood is like the obvious one. Changes in weight can be a, another thing. If you're like you're losing a lot of weight, you're gaining a lot of weight. Sleep is a big thing. Um, sleep affected me a lot. Like when I was, yeah, dealing with more severe depression, I just basically I would be so like anxious and like I don't know, distraught. I wouldn't be able to sleep at night. Loss of energy, feeling guilty or worthless. Sometimes problems with concentration are, are there too. So like you might have problems just like focusing on one task because your mind's thinking about all these other things and worrying about all this stuff, and that can be a symptom of depression as well. And then. One of the more obvious ones is if you're having any thoughts about suicide, then 
like that's something serious that needs to get looked at well and truly. And especially for me i found like whenever i was having thoughts about suicide i just didn't i didn't want to talk to them talk about them with anyone because i was i don't know one part like afraid of making them real by like expressing them but also like afraid of how people would react if i told them this was going on yeah so that's why a lot of the time before i try to take my life i just like didn't really talk about having thoughts about suicide and people would ask me i would just say oh but like everybody has some fantasies i guess like the level of thoughts i was having were actually pretty serious and even like years before when i had like very more like thoughts about just escaping from life and getting out of situations i was in like even those thoughts are pretty serious to be having and i don't know if left like unchecked they could become more serious so it's good to bring them up like right away when you're having them when you were afraid of telling people what was going on how did the things that you were afraid of compare to the things that actually happened when you finally did tell people well most of them were like we're pretty much the opposite because <laughs> a lot of the time like you're in a really depressed state and you're viewing everything through this like super negative lens. And I was assuming everybody would have like the worst reaction possible. Like my friends would be, I don't know, wouldn't be supportive or no one would understand what I was going through. But I found when I started talking to people that it was really like pretty much the opposite. I remember the first time I told my friends about what was going on. Well, I got to the point where I kept on like just backing out of going and hanging out with my friends. So I know I used like excuse I had like a stomach flu or something for like three months and it was getting ridiculous and my friends were just like Josh where the hell are you and I'd be like I don't know I'm sick today <laughs> but I wouldn't explain anything so eventually I was like shit I have to explain like what's going on or else like these guys are gonna <laughs> not gonna want to be my friends anyways because <laughs> they don't know what's going on and I keep on ditching them so yeah but when I called them all together they were like super supportive and actually asked like a lot of questions trying to understand exactly what I was going through and how they could help. And it was just like, that was a big change, turning point as well. Cause instead of having a bunch of people I have to hide things from now, I had a bunch of like new supports that I could rely on. And that was a huge swing. We're guys. We like to fix things. We like to take action as soon as a problem prevents itself. I was building Ikea yesterday. I ended up in the middle of it. My girlfriend had the normal screwdriver. I drove to the hardware store at stupid o'clock to go and pick up the last cordless screwdriver because yeah. I, you know, I want to fix stuff. What are some things that guys can do to, to take action if they find themselves in these situations? Uh, well, there's tons of guys can do. So there's a lot like you can do just simply on your own. So a lot of the kind of like tips on the website that we talk about are things to do with like your sleep and how to manage stress, getting out there, staying social. Whenever I was dealing with more depression, I just like would completely isolate myself and withdraw from friends. Like I was just saying, actually, even if you're just getting out there, but you're not like able to fully participate, just being around other people who are doing well can really like boost your mood. And on our website, we have a whole bunch of different guys telling their stories as well. I remember that's one of the keys. There was Rich is one of the guys who was telling a story and he was like really severely depressed and pretty much had like locked himself up in his basement for like a really long time, like months, like almost a year, I think. What helped him turn around was just um, his family and going to like family events that he kind of had to go to. And then just being around people who were more positive and who were enjoying life. And he started to like see like, oh, maybe I can do this too. And that was a huge turning point for him. So staying social is super important. Physical activity, getting out there, getting exercise, even if it's just a walk around the block, that's fine. It doesn't have to be like going to the gym and lifting weights. Like that's not the only type of way to get exercise. Yeah. And then in terms of reaching out to other people, it's really important for guys to either like talk to a friend or go see their doctor for the first time uh, and bring these issues up and 
you can call a helpline or a crisis line as well. Like there are lines dedicated to helping people. That was one thing I was always kind of like hesitant to do was to call a crisis line or helpline. And it's too bad, really, because, yeah, I know like other friends who have dealt with depression who have called crisis or helplines when they were in distress. And just like how helpful they actually were to being able to like hear what they're saying and sort of help them calm down. Yeah, and then just making use of the services that are available in your neighborhood. It's always a little bit different depending on where you are. Some countries are very highly resourced, certainly Australia and Canada and the UK with public health systems, but certainly in the US, the public health systems doesn't really compare. Um, so people may want to lean on their immediate community. What are some things that family, friends, uh, and the boyfriends and girlfriends or wives and husbands of men with depression, what are some things that they can do to either help recognize or help understand when someone's going through treatment? Uh I think bringing it up is just the first thing. A lot of people might not want to even have like that conversation or they think if I talk about this, it's going to make it worse somehow. So just like voicing what's going on, being open to what your friend is saying, what your guy, what the guy's saying, and encouraging him to seek professional help uh, is the best way to talk to a doctor or even because it can be complicated to find out what resources are available in your neighborhood. If you're able to take on that role and figure things out for a guy, that's a huge, like, tremendous help. In terms of, like, if a guy needs help getting exercise, it's always better to be, like, if you're accountable to a friend as well, then you're way more likely to actually go out and get things done. Inviting your friend out for coffee and making sure he's staying social. There's tons and tons of stuff you can do, and it's all, like, incredibly helpful. Listening to you talk about the isolation, I know that when you are in that state, it does feel it feels like the right thing to do because it feels so easy, but it's, it's actually quite dangerous, isn't it? Yeah. Well, basically, when you're in that state, you're like having so many thoughts. They're all super negative. And when you just get stuck in your head and you're staying by yourself, you're just, the thoughts go further and further away from, from reality, essentially. Mm. And you get more and more negative. But when you're with other people, I don't know, just even, even if they don't end up saying anything back to you, like just getting thoughts out and like bringing them back to reality and all the time too like i'll find when i start to say something and explain it it takes like the intensity out of it like in my head it's like a super huge deal but as soon as i start to talk about it it's like oh maybe this isn't so bad and it helps me just sort of like pull myself back away from those like super depressive thoughts mate this has been uh, a really really you know it's very generous of you to be so open about about this with us so i'm very 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 grateful for this conversation uh josh we like to finish these interviews with the same three questions what kind of mo do you grow in Movember? I was trying to look up what my mustache would be called. <laughs> it's it's a, a regular traditional mustache, I guess. I would like to do the handlebar mustache, but my uh, my mustache does not con- connect to my goatee. On the left side, on the right side it connects, but on the left side it doesn't, so I can't do that. Yeah, I get I get a bit of North and South Island, New Zealand on this side. There's yeah, a, yeah, there's a there's a bit of a gap there. What kind of conversations do you get to have around your mustache during Movember? Well, it's just like the whole point of November, just a conversation starter. It gets people talking. Yeah. Um, I don't know. In Canada, a lot of guys don't sport mustaches. So in November, when you're everybody's walking around with a mustache, it really helps to just start a conversation about men's health. For me specifically, to talk more about like depression. What do you value most in your friends? Uh, I think I just value like how close we are. Uh, it's something I've actually come to appreciate a lot more recently. There's a lot of my friends are friends that I've had from elementary school and even like kindergarten. And as I get older, you realize like more that like a lot of people don't even have like friends from high school. And I have like a my core group of friends is like three or four guys that I've known since yes, it's elementary school. 
like half of them since grade one. So we're all like really close and more like almost like brothers compared to, to friends. So. And the final question, if you could pick up your phone uh, and call 18-year-old Josh, what would you tell him? Uh, I'd tell him that it's all right to talk about this stuff. And if you're dealing with something, yeah, you don't have to figure out everything on your own. And there's people who have been in this situation before. And just, uh, yeah, reach out. Mate, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show today. And uh, enjoy the rest of what's left of summer there in Vancouver, man. Thanks so much for your time. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right, good, brother. Take care. Bye-bye now. Bye. That was Josh Bahari. I'm so glad I could bring you that conversation. However, it should never replace a conversation with your own doctor. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe in the podcasting app of your choice. Find us on SoundCloud at MovemberRadio.com or just search for us on Facebook. This episode was produced by myself, Osha Ginsberg, with Lavanya Nagendran, Molly Hindman. Additional production was from Katrina Zagala. And audio production on this episode was from Daryl Misson. Music by Toehider. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great week. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.